Hey everyone, it's Lady A. And DJ. Hey listen, if you want more amazing episodes of Money, Romance, and Greed, make sure you subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcast fix. And we want to hear from you. For inquiries, show ideas, or general comments, hit us up at mrg.podcast1 at gmail.com. That's mrg.podcast, the number one, at gmail.com. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 13 of Money, Romance, and Greed. Of course, yeah. I am your host, Lady A, and my co-host is... DJ! Oh my God, like seriously, we like spent quite a bit of time away. We back! But we're back now. Like we never left. Like we... Uh, hey, summertime happens, right? People Man, kind life of happens. Let's life get happens, it. everything's good. But we're back, and you know, the first thing we want to do is just really say thank you guys so much for sticking with us. Gracias. Um, <laughs> supporting us, and just supporting everything we do on the podcast, um, everyone from the U.S., because we do also have international listeners. So thank you guys. We appreciate all you. y'all. We love y'all. Don't forget to subscribe, um, to hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcast fixed. And please, 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 we're back now, okay? Like, we didn't, like, forget about and you we guys. We ain't going nowhere no more, right. God damn it. This will never happen this again. Is, this is, we're, we we're had here technical now. difficulties. Very technical difficulties. They almost shut us down, y'all. <laughs> so... Just make sure that you, like, let your friends and families know, anybody who loves you crime, that we are here, we are back, that we love you guys, and yeah, like, we're all a family here, so so make sure you... Absolutely a family. Tell your mama them, tell your sister them, tell, tell your cousin them. Tell everybody, tell your cousin of a cousin of a cousin. We back. Because everybody got cousins that ain't blood cousins. Ah, <laughs> uh, but they still cousins. But they still cousins? Them. Okay, let's do this, DJ. All right. So, the drama continues, right? For sure. So, today we are talking about the mysterious disappearance of Marilyn McCowan. Mm. Okay. And she goes by the name of Nikki. Um, spelled N-I-C-Q-U-I. That's isn't a that spell. awesome? Nikki. That's like a really awesome Nikki. way to spell Nikki. Nikki. Okay. I'm like, oh, it's not even like the standard way. It's just like the awesome way to spell Nikki. Nikki. Creative, right? I mean, it is creative. And so, yeah. <laughs> That's all I want to say. That nothing about the dead woman. Let it go. Okay. Now, we don't know that she's dead, DJ. They ain't seen her since July 22nd, 01. It doesn't matter. We doesn't know that we don't know that she's dead. Okay. Let's let our listeners get a little bit of background information. So, Nikki's actual full name is... Marilyn Renee Nicole McCown. And that's M-C-C-O-W-N. Okay. Beautiful mother, wife-to-be. Yes, y'all, she was engaged. And literally, she just mysteriously vanished from the coin laundromat in Richmond, Indiana. As DJ said, July 22nd, 2001, just three weeks before her wedding day. That's terrible shit. First thing that comes to my mind is that the uh, groom has something to do with it. I know. What's popping? And isn't that like the standard like where people always feel like it's just like the, the spouse? Well, the spouse must have to do something to do with it. Right, but then again, it couldn't have been the spouse because 
if you was a spouse, you would want to do it after you're married. So you can get some type of monetary There you go. Stuff, so. Like, I have to marry you yeah. first, kill you, and then get your life insurance policy. And just hope that the police don't arrest me before I can collect on the benefit. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So what the hell happened, Lady A? So here's what we know. Okay, so at the time of Nikki's disappearance, she was employed at the Montgomery Pre-release center. Oh, so she was locked day up. in Ohio. No, she was working there. Oh, sorry, <laughs> y'all. <laughs> Look, she's not an inmate. DJ, a little rough around the edges. Okay. She's a correction officer. <laughs> DJ, get your mind out of the vacation, okay? Okay. <laughs> so this is where she worked in Dayton, Ohio, and she was engaged at the time to her high school sweetheart. His name was Robert Webster, but everybody called him Bobby. Oh, ain't that so cute? That's so cute. All right, high school sweetheart. All right. Okay, so according to research, Nikki and Bobby met and dated in high school until Bobby relocated to California in 1991. At that point, Nikki began, you know, dating other people. Playing the field. I mean, right. I mean, what am I supposed to do? Okay, I'm in Indiana. You're in California. You left me to, yeah. you know, basically broke up with me. It ain't gonna work out. Long, Got to move on. Long distance relationships do not work. They never work mm-hmm. out. Okay, and so you know, she started dating other people and eventually got into a relationship with a Richmond man named Stephen Johnston. And at the age of 19, Nikki gave birth to a daughter named Peyton. And of course, they were in a relationship for, you know, quite some time. Um, even after their daughter, and I'm talking about Steven and Nikki, even after their daughter was born, but eventually Nikki ended the relationship with Steven due to infidelity and abuse, but the two continued to co-parent their daughter together. Yeah, high school sweetheart shit never works. Well, exactly. You're too damn young. A, you're too young. So, you know, um, Bobby, he's like, well, I got to go to California, go to college, do whatever it is he's going to do. She meets somebody else. They have a child together, but he's cheating and abusing her and she ends the relationship, but they still have this baby, you know, or whatever. And again, side note, okay, when you get into a relationship with somebody and you have kids with them, you got to know, you got the parent, you got the co-parent with them. Regardless of whether you're together or not. Did she do a background check on him? I mean, <laughs> you got to run a 50 on Your him. social security. You got to put a PI on him. I'm going to need your family's background. I'm going to need your, what your mama do back in the day. What did your father do back in the day? I got to have a whole full 360 on I'm you. I'm sorry. you right now. And I think that's what you have to do nowadays, right? <laughs> I would say. So, anywho, Nikki obviously did not do that because at the end of the day, she ended up ending the relationship with him. And, you know, now she's back a single, you know, a single woman kind of doing her thing. So, Nikki's family says that Nikki always put put Peyton first in her life. In fact, to support um, her daughter Peyton, and this was what, you know, back, you know, or whatever, when they, um, her and Steven first broke up. You know, this is when she took the job at the Montgomery Pre-Release Center in Dayton, Ohio. She originally started off as a corrections officer, but eventually worked her way to head accountant. Um, Nikki's family says that her long-term goal was to become an FBI agent or a U.S. Marshal. She was enrolled in college, taking criminal justice classes, 
to fulfill this long term goal. Damn. And my thing is, at least she had a goal. She knew what she wanted to yeah, do. Yeah, she had a goal, boys. And she loved that goddamn correction shit, didn't she? She gonna take it as far as she could. FBI, U.S. Marshal. She was gonna lock a nigga up. Highest Bye-bye. level. She was gonna Highest lock somebody level. up. Do not be Dang. on the FBI's most wanted. Nikki's coming for I, you. You feel me? I ain't gonna lie though. I love her work ethic though. Mm-hmm. It started mm-hmm. off, worked her all the way up to the head accountant, and it's out the third. Uh, a lot of y'all need to take notes. I'm sorry. Thank you. I'm sorry. Thank we you. all do. All you able bodied people out there. And I'm gonna tell you this she's a single mother, because really she's kind of defying the odds here. She's a single mother. She just got out of a bad relationship, and um, she has a, a, a young child. So for her to say, okay, this is what I'm going to do in my life. This is where I'm going with it. You know, that speaks volume. She was a very strong, head-driven person, um, at least what we can tell, right? From, right from what, yeah, what we can see. So basically, at this point, Nikki has, like we said, a whole bunch going for her. She's got a great career. She's raising her daughter. And she's really looking forward to this prominent and promising future with law enforcement. But in 1998... Bobby, which was Nikki's high school ex-boyfriend, the one who decided he was going to veer off into California, he comes back to Richmond and he immediately reconnects with Nikki and basically the relationship starts back up again. Um, It is at that time that Bobby fully decides that Nikki is the woman for him and he proposes marriage to her. So he comes back and immediately proposes? They start dating again. For and how long? I, um, they didn't say, but wow. honestly, I think it was probably like a few short months. Wow. Don't do it. Yeah. And it was really because they, it was kind of like almost they were feeling like picking they were. Picking up where they left off. Yeah. yeah picking yeah, up where they left like off. That. And it just so happened that Nikki was out of a relationship. Bobby is obviously not in a relationship. So they come you know, back together. With I her. bet, I bet, I know. <laughs> well, you know, Nikki's got a child now. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, it, and the child ain't bothered. So it ain't nothing like it was. It ain't nothing like it it's was. It's a little bit different. A little bit? A lot. It's a lot bit different. <laughs> You've been through labor. You're with child now. <laughs> you had sex with another man. Yeah, not to mention that, but that's implied. We knew that. So I love the Californians. Uh, left quicker than a goddamn. <laughs> anyway. I so anyway, oh, we, first of all, we're not taking this lightly, but it's just cute the way they got back together, right? Cute. So Nikki accepts, um, accepts his marriage proposal and everyone, including her parents and nine siblings are ecstatic for the couple. And let's just be clear about this because Nikki is actually the youngest of 10 children. She's the baby of the family. Damn, her mom had 10 kids? Yes, isn't that awesome? Shit. And then, <laughs> and raised all a mother, father, 10 children. Oh, no, Nikki's that's right. the baby. That's hey, get it how you live. That's what I'm talking about. See, strong family values. And they all seem close knit. 10 kids? 10 of them. That thing was wore out, wasn't it? Damn. See, that's <laughs> Woo. She could have had a cesarean, okay, DJ? Okay. Ten of them? She's reproductive, okay? She can continue to have as many kids as she wants to. Somebody tell her about birth control. (laughs) Birth control was a non-entity. And probably her husband was like, oh, heck no. You're not getting on birth control. (laughs) We're going to be fruitful and multiply according to the Lord. Y'all, I know that's right. Keep a barefoot and pregnant. I'm just joking, y'all. I don't want to hear that. That is not funny. Okay, yes. All right. So, anywho... 
The two are on track to be married in August of 2001. So this was about a two-year, right? I mean, that makes sense. It takes about two years just to plan your wedding. And, you know, all of the stuff that goes into it and all of that old hoopla. So fast forward to Sunday, July 22nd, 2001. Nikki and Bobby followed their normal procedure for the most part. They both attend morning services at church and then separate and run individual errands in preparation for their wedding. Like I said, their wedding is only about three weeks away. Like, we're down to the wire now. Anything that didn't get done needs to get done within this next seven days, or you can forget about it, right? Um, and so, one of the things that Nikki would normally do is um, go. she went go to the laundromat to wash clothes, prepping for her, you know, week or whatever, and then... She would go, she was planning at least to go to Dayton, Ohio, where she planned to pick up additional items for the wedding. Now, one of the things that I want to kind of just do a hard stop here is because um, even though they lived in Indiana and she worked in Dayton, obviously it's one of those close to the border situations where it wouldn't have taken her maybe 45 minutes, an hour, could have been less than that to get from one place to another. So I just want to just point that out to all of our listeners that she, even though she's traveling from one state to another and she's active in both states, these state lines are very close to one another. Okay. Got it. So Bobby then on his side, he met up with um, a couple of his friends so they could get fitted for their tuxedos. They weren't quite... um, you know how men are. I mean, well, let me. No, back how up. are we? How are we? I'll go ask you, DJ. Go ahead and be real, I'll go ask you, DJ. Say the wrong How thing. are men? I mean, do they wait to the last minute to do everything and feel like everything's all nonchalant? Well, I don't know what the stress is all about. Let's just go ahead and just do this. I mean, today. it's not stress. A suit is a suit. Where am I going to need to pick up my suit at? I go get my suit and I'll be there. Shit. Well, wait a minute. You have to get fitted for your suit. God Some damn, people I know are my waist. God damn it. I know a 38 uh, regular. Shit. <laughs> Maybe that was the case here. Maybe they decided, well, you know what? I ain't in a big hurry. I've been the same way since high school. So I just go ahead and just come here, whatever. <laughs> okay, so anyway, that is what Bobby was doing when Nikki was going to the laundromat and running her additional errands. Um, but before Nikki went to the laundromat, she dropped off her daughter Peyton at her parents' house which wasn't too far from the coin laundromat. And this would have been around noon, okay? The so the coin now, laundromat, goddamn boy. I, I remember swear. The coin laundromat. They got one in every city USA. Every coin city. laundromat. Every town, every country line. I swear. Coin laundromat has it on lockdown. I'm telling you. Lockdown is what any type of an independent person that was out on your own and the crib didn't come, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yep, yep. If the crib didn't come with a washer and dryer, you was taking your ass down to the corner. We're young and independent, but I ain't living at home. And preferably, you were trying to get there early because you know how the washers, the good Uh, washers that you like to be taking. See, now we're going into details. You really been there, Like, dang, I knew I should have came here at 7. Nah, that's real dog, dog. Okay, like, for real. Don't get there late. He say, no, no more. No more. No more. 8 o'clock. Yep. We stop out the washer and dryer at 8 o'clock. 
<laughs> oh, come on, man. And then they give you that one little pass. One and they say, never again. We'll never give you that pass again. <laughs> and it's only because they see you in there like 40 different times. Right. And then you see the white man in and out here at his free will, whatever he want to do. Whatever he want to do. I'm fine. Like anyway. Anywho, we digress, people. Okay. So. Sorry. So, Nikki drops Peyton off at her parents' house. Um, and again, it's not that far from the coin laundromat. This is around 12 o'clock. The last thing that um, Bobby indicated before him and Nikki separated was that um, he told Nikki um, that he would be back to their house around 4 p.m. to do the wedding invitations that evening. And so, you know, and again, that's not out of the ordinary. It's three weeks before our wedding. We need to send out these final invitations, get these final RSVPs, kind of clear that up or whatever. Right. So Nikki was wanting to do that. She asked Bobby to help her. Bobby said, okay, that's fine. Let's figure mm-hmm. off at 12 mm-hmm. and we'll come back, meet at the house at four. And that's when I'll be ready to help you send out these, these invitations or whatever. Cool. Everything's good. So a few hours later, while Nikki's clothes are at the laundromat, Nikki goes back to her parents' house, this time seemingly agitated or frustrated about something. Nikki tells her mother that there are some men at the laundromat harassing her. And her mother says, well, if you don't feel comfortable, go and get your clothes and um, bring them back here because her parents had a washer and dryer and you can finish drying them here at the house. And, um... Nikki's mother says that Nikki basically indicated, nah, it's all right. I'll be fine. You know, and proceeded to go back to the laundromat to pick her clothes up. Now, Nikki's a very, you know, she's a light-skinned African-American woman. She's very attractive. You know, she's got her shorts on and this and that and a third. So, you know. You got them hot pants that, on. Booty shorts. <laughs> man was looking at her like, oh, you're a pretty girl. You know, that kind of thing. But it didn't make her feel comfortable. And this obviously had not, you know, happened to her in the laundromat before. And so she had the presence of mind to come home and tell her mother, you know, God, these guys are like harassing me, you know, or whatever at the laundromat. <clears throat> So she says, well, you know, I'm going to go down there. My clothes are in the dryer. I'm not even going to stay and fold them or whatever. She's not going to do it. Whatever she told her mom she wasn't going to do. And she was just going to pick the clothes up. She um, told her mom that she would be back after she had um, retrieved the clothes. But she never came back. Damn. Hard silence. No, pick it back up. And then where we go. In the meantime, while this is all happening... Bobby makes it back home around 4.30 and he finds his house empty. He's just assuming that Nikki's going to be here because that's what they agreed on, right? He doesn't think too much about it because it's not too long, you know, after 4 p.m. And he himself is late, right? When you're working on CP time, I mean, what do you expect? 4 really means 4.30, 4.45. Yeah, but <laughs> shit. Look right, so he relaxes a bit. But after two hours of waiting... And Nikki has not called or come home. Then he starts to worry, right? So he says that he's sitting down, kind of waiting. He gets into this movie or TV show or whatever it is that he's doing. And then all of a sudden, boom, two hours comes by. And he's like, where the hell is Nikki at? Okay, so that's weird. Around 6.30 p.m., Nikki's sister is visiting another sister. And 
Um, she's like, Bobby is like constantly calling her. This is what she tells the other sister when she gets to her house. Well, damn, Bobby's been like blowing up my phone asking if anyone has heard or seen, um, Nikki. And at that point, nobody had heard or seen from, you know, seen Nikki. So, um, Nikki never comes back to pick up Peyton. From her parents' house. Oh, something wrong. You know, nine one one. Don't hesitate. Immediately, she never picks her baby back up from her parents. But again, Nikki's mother is like, no, we kind of know how Nikki is. You know, um, she's not really thinking anything of it, indicating that sometimes Nikki does things on the spur of the moment, and that would include traveling to Ohio, where she worked to go and just kind of veer off and. Do the shopping, which she said that she would do. She said, I'm going to, right. You can't call somebody. So then her mom says when she told me she'd be back after picking up her laundry, she didn't think anything of it because maybe she went ahead and decided to go ahead and go to Dayton and move forward with what she was planning on doing for the whole day. But everybody else is like, well, what the hell? Nikki could have picked up the phone. Nikki could have called. Nikki could have came by. Nikki could have did X, Y, Z. Something, anything. You got people to care for. You got to check in. That's another thing. Don't just, uh uh-uh. Call and check in with your loved ones. Hey, listen. I'm going to be about two, three hours late. I'm going to head to Ohio. Whatever, man. You have to do that. Especially nowadays. You have to be very clear. I don't know what this whole thing is. DJ Mick, help me out here. What is it about people and secrecies of, well, it ain't yo, nobody's business where I am. and It only ain't nobody's business if you're doing something sneaky. Thank you. But then something happened to your dumb ass. Mm-hmm. And now you're running around here, well, how come you didn't come look for me? Right, and your family just, <laughs> well, I figured you were doing something sneaky. Shit, I don't know. Yeah, it ain't out of the ordinary for you to be gone two, three days. Right. You told me don't ask you where you are <laughs> with your sneaky ass. Yeah. <laughs> So I didn't. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't know you were dead. You know, that kind of thing. So anyway, cautionary tale. Like, seriously. Check tell people. Thank you. Yes. Tell people where you are. So anyway, back at the apartment that she shared with fiance Bobby, there is no indication that she planned to be gone for any long period of time. Her purse, her license, which was really weird to me, DJ. She's running around, not uncommon though, but she's doing all these errands. She's running around. She's at the laundromat. She's traveling across state lines, which means you probably have to go on the freeway or whatever. But she doesn't have her license with her. Don't even got her purse with her. Doesn't even have her purse this with her. This is starting to seem strange though. When she's very, very, up. very strange. So <clears throat> all of her clothes are still there. Basically, it would have been like Nikki never even left her home. Wow. So, in fact, there's what they're saying is there's nothing out of the outside of the clothes that she took to the laundromat that are missing. It's basically like, yeah, it's a typical day in the Nikki household, right? Mm. Um, and by 10 p.m., everyone is absolutely terrified because nobody knows where she is, including her father. Like, her father kind of played the cut. <clears throat> Mother's like... Well, you know, Nikki said she was going to pick up some things that day. Okay, well, that allows her an extra two or three hours. And so by 10 p.m., it's like any normal person would be home by then. And he's the one who said, damn that. Call 911. Hey, I'm telling you. Who said that, Pops? Pops wasn't playing. And I did the same goddamn thing. I done went up to the laundromat. I done tried to track them. Man, listen. Thank but, you. Uh, at minimum, you got to call the cops. I mean, yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. 
Where's she at? That's very Where's scary. Nikki? It's very scary because the truth of the matter is, is that you can give somebody the lim- the benefit of the doubt. Really, nobody wants to call 911 on somebody just to find out later that they were just doing something down the street. My thing is, if you said that you would be back at 4 and it's 10 o'clock, I'm going to call the police. The thing that's going to piss me off, though, I'm going to call the police. How old is she? Oh, she over 18? Uh, Call me back in 24 hours, goddammit. She might not want to be found. I know my baby. I know my people. That makes me so... And I got choked up about that. That makes me so angry when people right. say that, or the police say that. They say, you know, 24 hours, that's when it is. She's an adult. She can do what she wants. It doesn't even matter. We don't care. I don't understand it. <clears throat> anyway, you guys, fast forward that. The day after Nikki disappeared, and, and again, we're talking about right in the morning, her family filed a missing persons report, and uh, again, like DJ already iterated in true form, the police don't believe there is anything to panic about, and they say, wait 24 hours before, you know, they can actually file this missing persons report. <clears throat> so later that afternoon, the family is able to find a video that shows that um, Nikki did indeed make it back to the laundromat. And it's on video leaving the laundromat on her own. So on this video, and I've included this video, you guys, um, in the show notes because Mm -hmm. I kind of want you guys to see it and kind of give your own detection of what you guys see on there. Because what, you know, when DJ and I took a look at it, we did not see that Nikki was of any distress. It does show her leaving the laundromat of her own accord. She has nobody around her. That doesn't look like there's any men um, harassing her or she's not in any type of distress. And so basically the police is like, well, maybe she wants to be missing, DJ, just like you yeah, said. You know, that. you know, they always, you know, I think really honestly that's a case of laziness, but they claim oftentimes it's because they do this big man hunt and then they find out, well, this person just wanted to be gone. Mm-hmm. And so they put all these man hours in and they're like, well, what the hell? For and nothing. all of this. Right. Bullshit. So, <laughs> exactly. So, um, you know, um, you know, they were thinking, well, maybe she doesn't want to get married and she just decided to leave without telling anyone. Now that could be. That, that, that could be. <laughs> Cold feet is real, y'all. Cold feet is real. <laughs> The runaway bride? Dusted and disgusted at the altar like, where my baby at? <laughs> Damn. And DJ, remember that movie, The Runaway Bride? Remember she had got engaged yeah. to like five different men and then like every time she left all of them at the altar because she was like, I just can't do it. Crazy. I get all the way to the one yard line, but I can't bring it in for the touchdown. <laughs> and you know what? I still don't want to agree with the police. No, go look no, for my father. No, my thing I is if your family, if your mother, your father, and you got nine other siblings showing up at your police department saying that our baby sister is missing and this is not of her normalcy, I don't give a damn how long it's been. We need to do something. And she left her baby Peyton at her mother at her parents' home when she went to the laundromat. Too many, too many context clues, right? Okay, so moving on. 
So, you know, even though the police is acting funny in a true form fashion, and I think we've talked about this several times on the on the show, DJ, how the, the, the police is not really, you know, pertinent. And especially when it comes to black people and when they're missing, it doesn't seem to be a big deal and all of this hoopla. The family doesn't stand by that story at all that, oh, well, maybe she's just afraid to be married and blah, 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 blah. Because she wouldn't have left her daughter. And see, that's the biggest thing. Peyton was her world. It was her life. That's who she was, right? In addition, her job was too important to her. Okay? So they did some investigation type work. DJ, I can see us doing this. I can see us doing this, okay? They did some investigation type work. So um, they said her job was too important to her. And she would at least show up at work and dating. So the next day, one of her sisters showed up at the Montgomery Pre-Release Center in Dayton, and they, you know, bust her in. She explained she was looking for Nikki, and it was at that time that they indicated that Nikki was a no-call, no-show. Now, keep in mind, Nikki has had this job for about three, four years yeah, now. Yeah, ain't looking good. <clears throat> and, she, and the sister says at that time, it just blew everyone's mind. She called her mom and her dad like Nikki never showed up. She said that, he, that this is her sister. She says that she just st- stopped in the middle of the floor and just bawled like a baby. Like she just cried and cried because she knew something was up. She's like, no, something is not right. My sister would never, ever, A, leave her child, contact clues people, leave her child, and then work at a job that she worked from corrections officer all the way up to the accounting department or whatever, and now all of a sudden she just no call, no show. She just don't even show up, which is something she never, ever, 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 ever did. Yeah, it ain't looking good. It ain't looking good at all, to say the least. Thank you. So once the police was made aware of this situation, that's when they started to process. That's when they finally put the donut yeah. down and got up off the fat ass <laughs> and did something. They stopped going to Tim Hortons. Damn. <laughs> Shout out to Tim Hortons. Shout out to Tim Hortons. Because let me tell you something. Them little tidbits <laughs> is real good. So I can see how the little police department will tear down a tidbit in a minute. And they only cost you about But duty calls now, buddy. Beat it. <laughs> they only cost you $1.49, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the tidbits got put down and so did the coffee. And they took it serious. Like, whoa, okay. Like, what's up with that? That's when they checked her cell phone and bank accounts. And there was no movement or no activity Basically, since 4 o'clock when she was seen on video at that laundromat. And that's abnormal because she would have picked up the phone and called, made at least one phone call or a text message or something. Even if you didn't make moving on a bank account, right? I mean, there's no law that says you have to make moving on your bank account every single day. But that cell phone, it's going to be active. It's going to be something on there that shows that you are still alive and well and you're doing something. So there was nothing. Dead issue, right? But despite the lack of leads, police immediately zoom in on her fiance. And and they did for a valid reason, y'all. Okay? So here's what we know. The day after Nikki is deemed missing, Bobby calls the community college that she was attending and demands a refund on her unused tuition. Okay? The college tells him that she has no money. The college tuition is being paid by her employer. 
Then when that doesn't work, he goes to the jewelry store where Nikki purchased his wedding ring and tries to return it for a full refund, but they don't give it to him because Nikki is the one that paid for it. What? Yep. What? Yep. Bobby went to where? Yes. He went so first, he went to he called the community college when she was going to school. And he's like, I want a full refund on Nikki's tuition. They said, well, you're not paying for it. Nikki's not paying for it. This is her employer. She's getting this tuition paid for through her job. So then he says, okay, that's Nick fine. Nick Witt, you dumbass. Thank you. So then he he goes back and he says, okay, well, now I want, um, I go take my wedding ring that Nikki bought for him for to be presented on their wedding day. And he takes it back to the juror and says, I want a full refund on this wedding ring that Nikki bought. And they say, well, Nikki purchased it, so Nikki would have to be the one to return it. Of course, you Nick. Where is this nigga on drugs? I swear. I, I swear, swear something wrong with him. Look, you done went to California, got turned down, came back, and then ruined this woman's life. And why are you doing that if she's only been missing for 48 hours? You know why. Very weird. Because he know where... Oh, my gosh. To me, go ahead. It's, it's stupid. People don't make the best decisions, I swear. Anyway, clearly, after he was turned down or whatever to get the full refund and all of that, um, he stuck at square one. By midweek of Nikki's disappearance, Bobby has canceled all events for the wedding and demanded that deposits be returned for everything that they put a deposit on. Dude Immediately. Dude done went start raising man. Yes. He has. <laughs> he has, though. Oh, I mean, my thing, not to mention, you look, oh my God, yes. you look so obvious. You yes. look so obvious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, just cuff him now and just give him life. And then wonder why the police is looking at you. And then with a straight face, want to know why the police is looking at you. Well, I don't know why I'm a suspect. I haven't done anything wrong. You haven't done anything wrong? Wow. That's How about you went to the community college to ask for tuition back that you didn't even pay? Thank you. And your ring that she paid for that you didn't even pay for. Ugh. So, yeah. That's pretty much what happened. So, when questioned about this, Bobby denies canceling the wedding. But needed, he said that he needed extra money to help look for Nikki. And at that point, he was only focused on trying to find Nikki and the wedding was the last thing on his mind. That's a cold-ass excuse, ain't it? I ain't gonna lie, y'all. Fuck, he a good-ass liar. <laughs> that's cold, though. And well, I just needed you. more money so I could look for my sweetheart. Right. And I don't that's know why. about that. I, I never canceled yeah. the wedding. Yeah. What are you talking about? That's how you do it. It was just postponed for a small period of time. <laughs> so Bobby did take a polygraph test, and police indicated that Bobby failed his polygraph test. I mean, I could have told you that. But despite that, they don't have any proof that he had anything to do with her disappearance. And so they just labeled him as a person of interest. Because at that point, they had nothing. I mean, God bless the USA. Oh you got God. a murderer sitting in the seat and can't even charge him. Nope. Ain't just a bitch. And this is after all of the stuff that's already gone on. I mean, the man, and he claims he didn't cancel the wedding, but goddamn, if you're taking back all the deposits, I think the wedding has been canceled. He did everything that we thought that he did. Yep. And they don't got a body, they can't charge Yep. Him. Yep. Yep. 
Bobby says from the beginning, the focus was on him and never on anybody else. And so as a result of that, he felt some kind of way. He's like, well, I was out here looking for my fiance, but the truth of the matter is they were just sitting here blaming me. Okay. So after that, basically the case goes cold. The family is very frustrated with the police indicating they weren't doing their jobs and they went on um, the news and were very public about the police not doing their jobs. And the family begins this like vigilante justice for for Nikki. Um, whenever they got a tip, Nikki's brothers would follow up by any means necessary with them guns. Okay. Oh, and actually, a few of them were arrested for allegedly overstepping their bounds when it came to following up on tips. So they were coming with the guns blazing. Oh, whatever. They're saying the police is not doing their job. Damn that. So now we got to, you know, we got to research on our own. And y'all sent us the tips. When they were getting the tips, they were like coming with guns and knives or whatever they were doing. And people were like calling the police on them and saying, you know, why are they doing this or whatever? Because I need to find my goddamn sister's cousin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I shoot my shit up until something happens. Thank you. My sister's missing. She shouldn't be. And I got a tip that she may be over here. Now, my thing is, any person would... would, would Bottom line, if I don't hear what I need to hear, then I bet <laughs> I clear the block. Shit. That's it. Run it. Next tip, please. Right. <laughs> so, despite all, the case goes cold and the family has basically shut Bobby out of the situation. Why? Why? Because they would think, you know, they were like, well, you know, that nigga Bobby could be. I mean, come on, dog. Everybody's a suspect at this point, right? So then on November 3rd, 2001, about three months after Nikki's disappearance, her car is found. Actually, the car she was driving was registered to Bobby. That So it was his car um, that they found, but they find it in this apartment complex in Dayton, Ohio. Mm. Now that's weird. A, how long does a car sit in a complex before it's actually called in? Okay, I guess it could be three months. I mean, I guess it could be right. I mean, if it's a big complex, you could do that. But it was just very strange. But the other thing that the police found was because, and we have a video on this, you guys, in our um, in our um, in our show notes was that Nikki's laundry is still folded and inside the back of the car like she left it. It's exactly the way Nikki left it. They bring the car back to Indiana to go through CSI scrutiny and they find nothing. No fingerprints, not even Nikki's. No sign of a break-in, no blood, no struggle, no nothing. They find nothing. Wow. Is that not scary? Uh, Somebody's had on gloves. And they wiped it down with a fine tooth comb. That's it. That's crazy. Because somebody did it. Yeah. But, DJ, all it's not lost, okay? Even though the car doesn't yield any leads, the location of the car is your huckleberry, okay? Yeah, yeah. A man named Tommy Swint resides just a quarter mile away, and he once had a complicated relationship with Nikki. So Tommy was once a co-worker of Nikki's at the Montgomery Pre-Release Center. He was uh, much older than Nikki. And so her family says he, um, well, she actually looked at him 
in more of an older brother fashion. Like he, and if you look at the pictures, and I do have the pictures, you guys, on our, on our show, in our show notes, he was much older. You could clearly tell he looked much older than her. And so I could see it could be like a big brother, big uh, little sister kind of thing. But he, in his mind, wanted more of a relationship with Nikki. Yeah, and that's why I always say men and women cannot just be friends. Yeah. You might be thinking one thing, and but I think, mm-hmm. guarantee you that the man is thinking something different. He's thinking something God else. Damn, yeah. it's not hard. So nobody really knows the extent of their relationship. Police also know that Tommy has a violent streak, particularly towards women. In fact, Nikki's sister indicated that one day she went to Nikki's home and saw Tommy there. And Nikki was yelling, help, help, he's trying to rape me. And it was her sister that kind of came in and stopped that sexual assault. What? And they didn't shoot the shit out of him? Now, this is Nikki's sister saying that she witnessed that that happened at Nikki's house. You witnessed the rape of his ass underneath the jail Jail or dead or something? Thank you. Oh, no. What? Mm Mm-hmm. Hell no. Right there, the sister could have came in blazing. Yeah, yeah. And and at minimum, DJ, call the police. Crazy, right? So police reached out to Tommy to do a formal interview. And um and initially he refuses since they have nothing else on him. They simply label him again a person of interest, right? Now there are two persons of interest. There's there's Bobby and there's Tommy, okay? But the case still goes cold because they have nothing else. Even though the family is striving to keep our case alive, it becomes really hard. So every year they're kind of like still being like, okay, this is Nikki, da 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 da, whoop de whoop de whoop, um, whatever, whatever. We got to keep her name out there. We s- still don't know where she is and all of that. Nothing happens. It's, it's cold turkey. But on November 5th, 2002, the family travels to New York City to appear on a talk show to talk about their sister's disappearance. While on the show, a psychic by the name of Sylvia Brown tells the family that Nikki has been murdered. They say her body will be found in a trench somewhere around the laundromat. The police go in, they, they search, but they find nothing. Now, DJ, we know Sylvia Brown was well known Next page. <laughs> like they said, they first they yielded nothing. They found nothing. Right. Nothing. But we know that she was on TV, on different talk shows, and known as this, you know. Can you tell me my sister's killer? That's what I want to know. Thank you. And exactly where I can find the body. Damn. Don't tell me it's always somewhere in the trench around the laundromat. Right, and you telling me that my sister died. I mean, we're on the show for a reason. Like, come on. I need to know. I need to know. No, like, they knew. Somebody told Anyway. So, uh, in 2004, the family works with a missing person organization that offers $100,000 for information leading to... The um to Nikki's return or whatever, you know, like her remains or her body or whatever, in hopes of generating leads, but nothing happens. And so, with these organizations, that shocked me. It does. It really does shock me because a hundred thousand dollars is a lot of money for somebody, somebody to collect. Say something. And they also give this organization gives like twenty or thirty days, something around that time, where this money is good for. 
for someone to come forward with information. So it's not like a onesie twosie situation. They basically give you like a month, you know, to come forward, but nobody ever does. And so the years and even the years after this all happened, like basically nothing. They get no additional clues. Nothing. It case back cold again. In the meantime, Nikki's daughter, who was nine at the time of her disappearance, continues to grow up, right? Not knowing what happened to her mother. She says, and this is Nikki's daughter, Peyton. She says that for a long time, she didn't even like to hear the word mother because it was too painful. Um, Nikki's mother and sisters all pitch in to raise, to raise Peyton in the absence of her mother. And that's very heartbreaking. Um, you know, for any child, especially she doesn't have no brothers and sisters to lean on. It's literally just her. And she doesn't know what happened to her mother. So six years after Nikki's disappearance, the case heats up again. In August of 2007, Tommy Swint was hired as a police officer to serve in Trotwood, Ohio. Hit us up in Trotwood, Ohio, if y'all know anything about this. It then comes out about him being a person of interest in Nikki's disappearance, and he resigned from the department less than two months later. Okay? So he's hired and fired in the same... <laughs> as quickly as I hired you, I will fire you. Okay? Well, he resigned. Tommy Be- Swint? Tommy Swint was the original person of interest. He had a uh, that brother-sister relationship with her oh, back when she worked in Montgomery. Yeah. Right. So he goes on and he applies as in and, 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 and DJ. We know that this is not uncommon, right? He he applies as a formal police officer in Trotwood, Ohio, and they give him the job. But because he's a person of interest in this particular situation, the homicide detectives reach out to Trotwood and say, what the hell are you doing? This guy could potentially be a murderer. So once he resigns, he retaliates um, by suing the city of Richmond and his police department, claiming they never told him he was truly a suspect or person of interest in Nikki's disappearance. But his lawsuit goes nowhere. No. Not at all. Okay. But the story does make headline news all over Dayton. And that prompts an anonymous caller um, to contact police that leads Tommy Swint to the unsolved murder of another woman by the name of Tina Marie Ivory. There we go. We got something out of it. Yep. And we probably caught two bodies. Yep. She was a 33-year-old prostitute. From Dayton, Ohio, and it turns out that 16 years earlier, some forest workers had found a body in some brush in Dayton. They contacted police. At that time, there was a blanket covering her, and there was a DNA profile that was created, but a suspect had not been developed until that anonymous call that was made in November of 2007. Nobody even knew. That's why I say, you guys, listen, if you know something, say something. There, all this, this woman had a family. She was murdered. And I think oftentimes people think, oh, well, she was just a prostitute, so nobody really freaking cares. But the truth of the matter is somebody cared. How'd he kill her? Well, in February 2010, Tommy was indicted for murder in the death of Tina Marie Ivory, who was beaten and strangled to death mm. in 1991. It turns out that all this time when he was suing the Richmond Police Department indicating he 
fully cooperated with the disappearance of Nikki, they requested a copy of his DNA and he provided it. Hmm. Okay? And that makes sense, right? Yeah. Well, I didn't do nothing oh, wrong. Yeah. He done forgot all about sense. this murder, probably. What? I killed somebody. That's what? his problem. <laughs> what do you mean I killed somebody? That couldn't be possibly be true. So... <laughs> so... Um, and so, um, once the, the call came in and somebody had actually said, you know, you may want to look at this homicide, they were able to link the DNA together and that's how they were able to, you know, link that Tommy and this, um, Tina Marie Ivory girl was, you know, she was murdered by him. Hands down, no doubt about it. It is what it is, right? So... A grand jury in Dayton, Ohio, indicted Tommy for the murder of Tina Marie Ivory. However, um, at um, 1 p.m., as police approached his home to arrest him, Tommy committed suicide by shooting himself. And at the time of his arrest, or potential arrest, he was living in Russell County, Alabama. So he knew they were coming, but he committed suicide in his home before... They could even arrest him on this particular murder. Coward. Um, the, the, the plan was, okay, now this was what's supposed to happen. Once he was in custody, police planned to question him about other homicides as well that they thought he may have been linked to, including um, Nikki's disappearance and ultimate what they consider now to be um, murder. Okay? But they never got that opportunity because he shot himself in the head. Nine years after her disappearance, Tommy still remains a suspect in her disappearance, but there has been no resolution. Her family is glad that Tina's family was able to get closure, right? Mm-hmm. And they strongly believe that it was um, Nikki's case that brought the closure to Tina's family. And you just never know how God works. You really, you really, really don't. Yes, you didn't get the answers that you were wanting, but for somebody who had been grieving for years and years and years on their own child were able to get the answers and get the confirmation of they know what happened right. to their child. So the Richmond police still believe that Tommy has something to do with Nikki's disappearance and they have vowed to keep this case open until they get the whole truth. Nikki's fiance also believes that Tommy has something to do with Nikki's death because at this point they're really considering it to be a death. In the coming years, Bobby has gotten closer to Nikki's family, and in particular, her daughter. So they have a very close relationship and everything, which is a good thing. Um, Nikki's case remains unsolved, and foul play is still suspected. Okay, so that is that's pretty much the backdrop on Nikki. Now here is our breakdown. Uh, Marilyn Nikki McCown was born on January 6th. 1973. She is the youngest of 10 children. Nikki went missing on July 22nd, 2001 from the coin laundromat in Richmond, Indiana, located in the vicinity of the 1100 block of Southeast East Street. She was 28 years old at the time. Currently, her, cl- her case is classified as endangered missing. I don't know what that's about. If alive, she would be 46 years old today. Mm. Very, like, really, okay. Like you said, DJ, interesting, right? At the time of her disappearance, she had on a bright pink and purple floral swimsuit top, dark colored shorts, 
diamond earrings, and a white gold bracelet. What was she wearing? What was she had <laughs> the laundromat. She's <laughs> Nikki is an African American female, light brown hair, brown eyes. She often goes by the name of Nikki. She has a small scar above above her left eye, a small scar on the right side of her face, a scar on the top of her head, and a large scar on her lower um on her left lower leg, okay? And these will be scars that will be visible visible to the human eye. You would see them immediately. Tommy Swint is the main suspect in this case. They do believe that he was the one who murdered her. But if you have any questions regarding this case, you can contact the Richmond Police Department at 765-983-7247. Okay? I'm sure her family, right, DJ? I mean... You know it. I'm sure her family would love to hear if, if it's... Let's get some justice, man. Yeah, we need justice for, for, for Nikki. Case, She's know? been missing for what? Like, did she be 46 years old? She was 28 when she went missing. It ain't looking good, y'all. Oh, my God. Anybody that knows something, let's get these bastards off the street. Yeah. And you guys, we do have Nikki's picture in the show notes. We've got the video. We even have what Tommy Swint looks like in the show notes. We want you to look at it. We want you to... Um, Thoroughly look at, you know, everything that's, that's been happening. Sure. And also, um, ladies, watch yourself. Ladies and men, but ladies, watch yourself when you're out and about. Watch yeah. what you're wearing. Watch who's around you. Don't think any don't take anything for granted. And if you feel uncomfortable, get the hell out of there. That's right. Period. That's right. I mean, she at the um laundry mat with the swimsuit top on. She barely had on nothing. Yeah. Around some goddamn miscreants. Yeah. Not to say that, that not to say that it was her fault in any way, but let's know our surroundings. Yes. Yes. Uh. Yeah. Because and DJ, I think you make a good point. Because the truth of the matter is, let's face it, laundromats aren't always in the best areas. Oh my God. Right? I mean they're not. They're not always in the best areas. And you never know. It is literally to anybody. Anybody can walk into a laundromat. Yeah, I go out on a limb to say that a laundromat is one of the worst places. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot. Either you're getting started, or you hit rock bottom. Yeah, yeah, and because everybody got a washer and dryer, everybody's got a washer and dryer. And if you don't, for whatever yours broke down or whatever, and you have to go there, be careful because you don't know the people, you don't know what's happening, you don't know the situation. You cannot just feel like it's any given Sunday and everybody just gonna accept you, <laughs> for, you know, or whatever. But Nikki is missing. They do believe that Tommy Swin has something to do with it. I'm going to go out on the limb and say, I believe Tommy yeah. Swin probably has something right to now, do. Right? He's dead. He killed himself. Oh, that's right. So, yeah. Yeah. So, we'll never get that answer from him. But we want to get justice for Nikki's family. Where's her body? Can we find her body? Um, can we give her daughter some type of closure? Um, her potential husband some type of closure her mother and father before they leave this world some some type of closure um so we have to think about these things when we're kind of being hesitant on well i really don't want to turn nobody in and you know i don't want to be no snitch this girl been gone since 2001 at this point i don't think you know snitch 
Man, at the end of the day, man, all the snitching shit is all talk until something happens to you. Thank you. And then you want everybody in the whole world to talk. Period. So, honestly, you guys, share your thoughts on Twitter at RomanceGreed or shoot us an email, mrg.podcast1 at gmail.com. And we'll share your thoughts on the show, okay? Um, And until next time, everybody, that's it. We will see you next week. Hold on, Lady A. Are we doing a giveaway? Let's do a giveaway. Let's give a I'm feeling froggy. Let's wait. Let's do a giveaway or something. Let's do it. So what we finna do? We've been a while away. Let's give away $25 Amazon gift card. Let's do it. Let's Let's do do it. it. So how we gonna do it? Okay, so anybody that what, DJ? I mean, are they responding to this particular one? What like and share? They like and share us. Hit us up. Okay, hit us up on mrg.podcast1 at gmail. Hit us up there. And you enter to hit to the $25 giveaway. I think what we said, DJ, two? Are we... Two of them? Are hey, we feeling froggy? Hey, we was going for Are we feeling froggy? Uh, two, let's give away two. Let's go. Let's give away two. We're giving away two $25 Amazon gift cards to... Liking us, sharing us, giving us feedback on Apple, right? Subscribing, uh all of that. I want to see your feedback. What do you think? More details to come in regards to the giveaway. We're going to post something to solidify the giveaway. Mm -hmm. But it's coming, y'all. We love y'all, man. Appreciate y'all. Yes. Staying down. MRG. MRG till we die. And we appreciate you. Thank you so much. And until next time, peace.